Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by one awesome co-host this week, Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing great with very low battery, thanks to all three of these beautiful and draining games. Yeah, mine too, actually. I've been having a lot more problems with that lately. Uh, Even though I've got the gigantic iPhone 7 Plus, uh, which usually under normal circumstances, no problem. But let me tell you, 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 you release another Alto game and it will murder my battery every day until I max out all of the achievements. Real problem. It's a problem that I'm also suffering through, but that's okay. Like it, If we get a sequel to one of the prettiest games we've ever played, I will be okay with it. And yeah. We've already kind of spoiled this, but we are talking about iOS sequels this week because Alto's Odyssey has been out for a about a week while now. now. Yeah, and Reagan got to play the closed beta because <laughs> just he's for a little bit, special. just for a few days, and yet you're still beating my score. I am so mad. I am thunderously beating your score. Thank you very uh, much. Despite having a lot less time to work on this, so. this will not stand. I I will not have it. So. This week is going to be a little bit of an unusual episode for us, uh, in part because uh, we're recording in a bit of a rush. Laura is about to leave on her honeymoon. Woo! Yeah, and I'm also going on a quick trip. So we're recording in a little bit of a rush. We had some har- had a hard time getting everybody together. So apologies for the uh, short-staffed episode here. Hopefully this will be a little bit of a quick one. Uh, but we uh, really wanted to get this out because... Alto was such a big deal for me personally uh, when it came out back in 2014. That seems like a decade ago. Four years is a decade now. Absolutely. Time is irrelevant in this in our new society. And it's it's funny. There's uh, So we, we're focusing on three games this week, all of which are sequels to games that we covered back in 2014 and 15. So a long while ago. Um, and they are... Uh, Alto's Odyssey, sequel to Alto's Adventure, which we covered on our episode about uh, Endless Runners, uh, which uh, we kind of did as a genre overview, but we very much specifically focused on Alto's uh, Adventure since it was one of my favorite of, well, easily my favorite uh, Endless Runner game of all time. Um, We're also talking about Framed 2. We did a whole episode on the first Framed uh, back in, I guess, late 2014 or early 2015. And we are also covering Monument Valley 2, which was released last summer. We covered Monument Valley all the way back in episode 11. 11. Yeah, when we talked about Apple Design Awards in 2014. So it's a dusty episode. Um, but also Man. probably the most popular game and one we still get requests to cover. Yeah, well, no, to nobody's going to scroll back on our feed that far. And I mean, I do not blame you. That's... Man, episode 11. If I listened to that again today, I'd probably be very embarrassed about the audio quality. Not that we're ever that good, but man, it was was rough back then. But, you know, great game. You can also hear us talk about threes, though. Oh. Threes, which I controversially chose as one of my games of the year. (laughs) That doesn't seem controversial, really. I'm still playing threes, so hey. Here, four years later, you're still playing threes. I think that, that counts for something. So, uh, in terms of longevity, actually, uh, speaking of, uh, Alto is one of the longest-term gaming obsessions I've had in a very long time. And I know this is the short game, uh, and so we're mostly focused on games that take a very short time to complete, right? Uh, Alto's Odyssey uh, and its original Alto's Adventure. Alto's Adventure 
is a short game in the sense that we kind of decided that endless runners kind of count as short games because of their short play sessions. We kind of make that exception sometimes. Um, but it is a game that I was obsessed with over an extremely long period of time. Um, you know, when we recorded the episode, I was already deeply obsessed with it, but it's now been years. It's still on my phone. I still play it from time to time. I maxed out every possible option and, uh, and like uh, achievement in the game over the years. And I, I, I got a, a high score that is so high that I think I will never beat it again. Um, just for bragging purposes, I'll go ahead and say that my Alto's Adventure final high score was 340,843. Gotta brag there because you don't have the high score on Alto's Odyssey. I know. I will. I will. I promise you. Will. You. you will. I, I will. Um, You'll go back in and edit it in, too. Oh, I, I totally will. This episode's going to get uh, uh, like a remaster when I finally beat your score. But uh, Alto's Adventure just... It's 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 a perfect game. It's a game that I it's a it's a masterpiece iOS game. It's a wonderful game. And when I got to the point with that game where I had like no worlds left to conquer, right? Yeah, you know, I I wept because I I started having a hard time going back to Alto's adventure because I had done all of the things and I had gotten a high score that was so ex- exciting and that I. I I just would I don't think I was ever going to reach that again. And so it it always felt a little less fun to go back to after I'd kind of reached that point with the game. And so I, I literally tweeted at the developer and said, hey, listen, if you I will pay you for an entirely new version of this game if you do nothing other than reset the achievements. Like, I don't care. I, I will play this game again from scratch, even if it's basically the same. And fortunately, though, that's not quite what we've gotten with Alto's Odyssey. It is a a, a nice, div- it's very similar to the original game, but it's a nice development on the original concepts and kind of gameplay of Alto's adventure. It has a lot of neat new ideas and thank God, a whole new set of achievements and a whole new leaderboard for scores that I could start obsessing over uh, that, you know, so I don't have to go back and delete my high score out of Alto's adventure and start again. I can play this new thing. Yeah, I think, a lot of the new mechanics are really satisfying. I love mm-hmm. bouncing off the top of hot air balloons. I enjoy wall jumping, although I don't think I've completely mastered all of the tricks to it yet. It is following in the time-honored tradition of give me more of the same and then give me a little more so I don't get tired of it quite as fast. And that's not always a formula that I think is necessarily like a key to success um for whatever reason i think it totally is here and i think you know it it, whether that is a key to success for you is really going to depend on how much you truly loved alto's adventure um there are definitely games that i've played where i was like i liked that and then their sequel and we might even talk about one of them today uh where their sequel essentially was more of the same, but with some new, you know, so new ideas scattered through it. And that isn't always what I'm looking for in a sequel, but here it 100% is. It it reminds me a lot about when Tiny Wings 2 came out, and suddenly the, the new mechanic was basically just racing other birds. And it was the same thing, except you could suddenly see a little dotted line of something else racing you. And that's all they added. It was the exact same game. And I played it for another 30 hours or so. It didn't necessarily change 
any mechanics. It just gave you an extra incentive to play more. And I think that's what Altos Odyssey does. There's a couple new mechanics, but I mean, really at the heart of it, you're still using the same controls. You're still flipping way too much if you're me. Um, <laughs> and you still have all the little satisfying, you know, beautiful, beautiful vistas in the background. It didn't change the heart of the game in any way, shape, or form, which is good. In a way, I felt like really the best thing that they brought to this new game was new visuals, just something new to look at. This game now has several biomes, several sort of uh, regions for you to uh, snowboard or sandboard through. Uh, It's a little bit more variety than you had in the scenery in the previous game. Uh, Not so much that it's distracting, but enough to just bring a little more visual interest to the game. That's a huge plus for me. Um, You know, I I wouldn't say I ever got tired of the visuals in uh, Alto's uh, adventure, but in Odyssey, it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. But in addition to that, like you mentioned things like the the balloon bouncing and the, the, the wall grinding, skimming thing. Um, All of those are super fun to do, and they just add some more variety. It literally just takes the exact same game mechanics and adds a little bit more variety to it, and that's all I needed to suddenly be obsessed with Alto again. Uh, And, you know, we've covered some sequels completely on their own, giving them their own standout episodes. Like, we gave Reigns 2 a whole, you know, 45, 50 minute episode. Very deservedly so. That game Very was phenomenal. So. And so different. While it still had a lot of in common with the with the original game, it was, it was so different. Yeah, and for fans of the Room series, we did one episode with all with the first three games, but that was just because we didn't cover them until the third game was out. Room three is so different from the first two that had it come out separately, I would have been campaigning for everyone to play more locked in the room puzzle games mm. for hours and hours and let me talk about them. But, you know, Altos is just kind of this, I wouldn't say the pinnacle, but it's the third in this little mini series of games we've covered in the past that gave you a lot of the same type of thing. Um, had a big sequel, had a big splash um, for some of these, but they each gave one little twist. And Frame takes this to a kind of different level where to me it just fixed some of the puzzles I didn't like and gave me more of the puzzles I did like but if you didn't like the core mechanic of Framed which is this puzzle game that uses comic panel sequencing um, why did you play Frame 2? Frame 2 is just kind of giving you some of the harder puzzles the cleverer puzzles and more of those but um, I, to me I played this right when it came out and was pretty satisfying because it fixed the things that bothered me and made it a much easier to recommend. To me, I would just, if you're interested in the frame series, just skip one and go straight to two. Really, I'm surprised to hear you say that because my kind of take on it, and I wasn't I wasn't really able to finish frame two before recording. It got a little bit, I got stuck, basically. There were a few puzzles that really kind of stymied me. It's harder. Uh-huh. I think it's harder, too. It, it, in in that way, and in a couple of others, it kind of feels like these are two halves of one larger game. Like, yes, Framed I'll One starts that. off a lot easier. Um, but these two are, you know, visually, they're very similar in style. Um, their puzzles are, are essentially similar. But, mm-hmm. like, the Framed One starts you off a lot easier and kind of builds... Uh, builds and adds new twists on its mechanics. For example, you get two-thirds of the way or more through framed one before you ever get 
a puzzle where you have to rearrange the uh, the tiles or, or panels on the fly as the action is happening. Um, and that's like a really cool, that, I remember thinking in Framed, like that was the coolest thing that they did, but it worked for me then because it was built on on hours, well, not hours, the game was really only about two hours long, but it yeah. was built on what seemed like a, a, minutes a lot of and minutes, yes, and minutes. <laughs> minutes of, of teaching you these, of these mechanics and putting you in the right, honestly, just in the right frame of mind, uh, no pun mm-hmm. intended, uh, to, uh, to, to, to do this sort of thinking. And then when they did add that on, it was like, oh, that is cool now. And, and frame two starts you there. And yeah. it starts you with that level of difficulty that you had at the end of framed one. And it, it, it feels l- very much sort of like a follow on. Like you, I could easily see these being one big continuous experience where framed one is essentially a tutorial to roll you into frame two. Unfortunately, I played framed one in 2014. And so that tutorial was no longer doing its purpose. And I was, I was dumped into the deep end. I think that's totally fair. They do feel like one complete game when you stick them together. I think for me, I just liked the mechanics in the second half of the first frame so much Mm. more that by the time I got to frame two, I was willing to kind of quickly dive into the more difficult mechanics and see where they lead from there. Um, I think that, you know, kind of like any of the good puzzlers we've played in the past, like you know, even a scapegoat too. It's like going in halfway through if you like those extra mechanics or going into um, a Metroidvania and having a lot of the powers. It does lose a little bit of the tutorial aspect and there's less ramp up, but to me, those puzzles were just much more satisfying. I could totally see that. I I found that for me, I um this this puzzle this game has one sort of thing that its puzzles do and it's part of just the design of the game so like it's it's natural to this style of puzzle game that this works this way but it's something that that always sort of rubs me the wrong way with puzzle games which is that um i don't like uh well first of all i don't particularly like trial and error and i perhaps a smarter person than i could look at this game and instantly figure out a puzzle or you know maybe not instantly, but not have to do as much trial and error as I did. I had to do a lot of trial and error to get through most of these puzzles. Um, and I really don't like um, getting... Ha- the, the way that it, it takes quite a while for the the action to play out. Um, you know, it, it, you're not just putting these frames in this particular order and hit go and the action carries itself out. Um, first of all, when you hit go, it often takes a little while, not a ton of time, but a little while for the characters. We haven't really described how framed works for a few folks who haven't, uh, haven't I, played the first one. Set a comic puzzle yeah. with comic sequencing, but we probably yeah. should do more. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll give you the, the quick version, which is that uh, framed is a game that plays out it's a sort of a spy-themed game. Your uh, kind of main character, I suppose, is uh, usually trying to escape from someplace or run away from or towards someone or something. The story does not particularly matter. You've um, been framed for a crime as a spy. Yes, yes. Double meaning. Exactly. And, and uh, so then each screen is essentially like a comic page. Um, and usually the character will run onto screen and through a comic panel and then into the next comic panel and the next and so on. Um, each comic panel might have a different thing in it, like a guard who's looking out for you or different doors that you might run in or out of or some object that you need to grab. 
Um, and usually you're going to be rearranging those panels so that, for example, you don't want to enter the room with the guard from the left. You want to come in from the right so that you're not seen. Or you want to enter through the green door so that when you exit, you are exiting also through the green door and not through the red door that would kill you. Um, you're rearranging the panels and specifically here, rearranging them on the fly because you can have him run into a panel and then move that panel while he's in it or move panels around it while he's in that panel to kind of rearrange things on the fly and try and get the flow to move you know, through the game without him getting uh, caught or killed or what have you. Um, well, anyway, the, the reason I was trying to explain that was that in this game, if you screw up, you got to start over. And sometimes starting over takes a, a while. And particularly if you're me, Maybe because this is involving so much moving panels on the fly as the action is happening, maybe you're not even sure how things were arranged at the start, or it might take some trial and error just to figure out, oh, something I did worked there, but wait, what was it? It, it just involved a lot of trial and error, much more for me than with the previous game, um, or at least with the with the earlier levels of the previous game. So I don't know. I, I found that pretty frustrating because every time he would get caught and I had to start over, I was like, ugh. Where even was I? Where were these panels? I have to rearrange them again. And I got pretty frustrated with it. But uh, it is definitely more dynamic than most of the first game. So if you enjoyed that sort of latter third of the first game, this is a lot more of that. Yeah, and we've got to mention uh, Garagora has a lot of DNA mm -hmm. in, in to share with Framed. But it's a very different art style and it's a very different type of puzzle. And there's less of the zooming into panels and out of panels. There's none of that in Framed. Framed is just a sequence game. It, it's not really a fair comparison to compare this game with Gorogoa, but it certainly it's the doesn't. Only comparison. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly doesn't uh, doesn't do uh, Framed a lot of favors to come out. Now, I think it actually came out before Framed Two came out before Gorogoa, and obviously Framed One came out years before Gorogoa. Um, so it's not really a fair comparison to make. But having just played Gorogoa, um, Framed does sort of suffer by comparison because we're looking at a game that is uh, expanding on some ideas that were very cool and, and original in 2014. I remember when I played this the first time, I had never seen anything like it before. Um, and here we are four plus years later and, um, you know, Gorogoa has had uh, had all four of those years to look at Frame's idea, Frame's ideas, and come up with many new ones of its own, and do something that's entirely different. And Frame Two is going back to that 2014 well of ideas and adding some really clever new ones. But it's ultimately building on that 2014 experience rather than being a totally new one for 2018. Um, it, it's not really a fair comparison, but I certainly felt it while I was playing uh, playing this. Uh, and it's something that. If you played Gorogora first and then looked at Framed, you're you're going to make the comparison. I'd say that it's um, a more difficult puzzle game in many ways. Um, if that's what you're going for, so I, famously, I am the puzzle dunce on this show, and I will own that. You know, Gorogoa was a, a puzzle game that made me feel smart. Made me uh, now that wasn't entirely because it was easy. It was because the game was very, very smart and was constantly surprising me. It was also easier, but um, this game did not make me feel smart. Instead, it made me feel slow. It made me feel like I can't quite make. 
I, I was always either like frustrated that the guy was running through the panels too quickly for me to figure out what I wanted to do and do it before he ran off the screen. Or I felt like I was constantly waiting around for him. It was never the right sort of speed for me. It was the pace was just off. For it was you. the pace yeah. was not 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 on my on my level, which was I mean probably me. My pace on these sorts of games is not good, but it was yeah. Whereas you know Goragoa, much more sort of uh, contemplative, almost sort of religious style experience where we you know you're you're playing it entirely at your no at your own pace. There is no action for you to catch up with in that game. My favorite puzzle in Frame 2 is when you are in a time loop and you're constantly moving him back and forth between three puzzles and he's moving between different levels. Um, I could play that kind of time-twisty sequencing thing for much longer than they gave. They gave me lots of iterations on it and I was here for it. So if... Trying to catch a dude running off the bottom of one screen as he enters another screen like, and moving the panels around doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> Maybe this is not your game. It's uh, it's definitely a cool game, though. Like, it, it's got a lot of ideas that weren't in Framed 1. It's very much more intricate. Um, I definitely recommend it if you liked Framed 1. Uh, and uh, it's also, like... I mean, some, this seems like a kind of a weird thing to say, but it's also, like three dollars where framed one launched at five like i think it's it's got a sense of like this is a game to try to like this is um it's it's launching into a slightly different marketplace than we had on the io iphone or ipad in 2014 something else framed is kind of getting back in the conversation because it just got announced as a two-pack with framed and framed two for the switch coming out in spring huh oh okay so if this interests you and you're like not sure about iOS, you might want to hold out for the Framed Collection, which should be coming in about a month. It just got announced two days ago. I did not know about that. That's actually kind of cool. I've seen a lot of things that are like really solid iOS experiences getting ported over to Switch. I mean, Goragoa launched on Switch, and I've seen a few other things that have like, oh yeah, I remember that. That game was really good, and now it's going to be on Switch. That's great. Uh, I, I hope that's you know, doing well for their developers. Um, and it, if you're if you're not somebody who has an iPad, um, then the Switch might be the best tablet for you to play these kinds of games on. Um, so that's kind of a nice option to, to give people. And they're literally in releasing it as a single game. So the two halves of a whole makes a little more sense that way. Yeah. And we've got one more kind of new mechanic sequel to talk about and that's monument valley 2 um when this came out i pre-ordered it i think it was the first game you could pre-order on ios and i was super excited to play it and i kind of sat on it for a long time the new mechanic here is that um the whole game is an mc escher-esque puzzle game where you're kind of going in and out through doors twisting these incredibly intricate buildings to change the um, pathways you can get through this kind of architecture. And in this one, you have a daughter. And so not only are you going through and moving things and you know, pulling switches and whatnot, but your daughter follows you around and sometimes you need to have her stay on a specific platform or you know move 
uh, a piece. If you haven't played Monument Valley, but have somehow played Hitman Go or Laura Croft Go, it has the same kind of DNA there where you're moving and dropping things as you move around. And I know for me, I downloaded it, played the first couple levels day one, and then I didn't finish it for almost a year, yeah, uh, which surprised me. Kind of a funny thing. I had that same kind of feeling about it. I downloaded it also day one, and I played through um, you know most of the first chapter. And I kind of sat it down and was like, "Oh, that was nice. There's more Monument Valley. I'll go back to that." And I kind of didn't. And it's sort of a weird feeling. Like I, I don't know how to explain why some games like Alta's Odyssey. Um, you know, we'll get a sequel like this where it's like, here's more of the same, and I'm like into it and sold, and I am going to dive back into that with both feet. And then sometimes there's these games like Monument Valley. Uh, yeah, in, in his, I, I thought I might be willing to play more Monument Valley, but ultimately I was kind of done with Monument Valley after the first Monument Valley. I think it's a brilliant game. Monument Valley One is a is a truly brilliant game that still hasn't been equaled. Um, it's like a really, really unique thing and totally worth playing. And Monument Valley 2 is more of that, and it's really good. I just, for some reason, I don't, I, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, I don't, I don't think I really want to... I, I kind of got a complete experience out of Monument Valley, and I was kind of done with it after that. I don't know what the... I don't know where that comes from. Well, I think that Monument Valley 2 didn't tell it didn't feel as different. It mm-hmm. honestly did feel like, I mean, they were, it, it's much longer. I think not much. It's got four more chapters in the original, um, up to 14. Um, and they've got a couple new mechanics, but, and the, you know, the core one being this extra person. But to me, the story wasn't necessarily richer. And I think it thought it was deeper than it was, which, didn't bother me as much the first time, but the second one, they really felt like they wanted to teach me lessons about motherhood and cooperation. Uh, And I kind of wasn't here for that. Um, I play Monument Valley for kind of um, a meditative experience in many ways. I find it very, um, kind of like the satisfaction you get by playing with a physical puzzle, like a Rubik's Cube or something. And I was a little... Not disappointed, but a little let down, I think, by the insistence upon itself. It's it's still beautiful. It still has everything I loved about the first one, but I think they felt like this was a capital S special game, mm-hmm. and I just wanted it to kind of give me more levels to explore. It was in its way a little more than I liked it to be. It's funny, there's... There are certain types of special experiences that are special, and then they're hard to go back to. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's kind of like uh, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't have a good comparison for it. It's it's just it's not something where like I feel like going back into that same world really adds anything to that experience. So I, I think with sequels that you can kind of go several ways. You know, if it's a story based sequel, then it kind of justifies itself by making you interested in, okay, what happens next or where are these characters going next or, you know, something like that. Very conventional sequels and that 
works. Not every time. Sometimes they're train wrecks. But that that's one way to go that will definitely kind of compel you to go into a sequel. And then, you know, you can have other sequels where they're essentially just, um, you know, more of the same but expanding on the uh, the ideas of the original game. And that's a much more dicey proposition because, like, I think you know, with, with a short game, it's even dicier than it uh, is otherwise because something like Monument Valley part of the value of that experience was that it didn't wear out its welcome. Um, and I kind of, I thought downloading Monument Valley 2, well, you know, it, it was a short game. It didn't wear out its welcome. Any more of Monument Valley 1, and it would have been too much. It was the perfect amount. But here it's been four years since that game came out. I think I must be ready for more Monument Valley. Turns out I kind of wasn't. Well, when I think to me, it took too long to get to the new pieces. Mm. So I, I think having just an extra character, maybe I've played a lot of that mechanic before where there's um, kind of a, a dog. Usually it's, I feel bad comparing her daughter to a dog, but usually there's a pet or an uh, inanimate object. I mean, we've all played a Zelda game where you have to get the stupid statue back to the front. Yeah. Or or the, you know, the thief girl you have to sneak past and she follows you. Or eco, or you know, yeah, any number of escort missions in any other game. Yeah. There's plenty of escort missions around. Um, so it disappointed me when it took several stages before I started seeing new mechanics. Like there's a, a part where you have to have sunlight to grow trees. Um, and it starts using kind of elements in a really interesting way, or you can control both characters separately. I wanted that earlier because I think I wouldn't have given up on it quite as I, I wouldn't have dismissed it because what I liked about Monument Valley one was the pacing, how it felt like you were getting a little bit of something new each story and then it ended. I didn't have that growth feeling when I started this. Maybe it's because there's more chapters, but it felt like a slower pace. I think a lot of it is just because it is a puzzle game. You know, there, there's something that that might be part of the reason that like going back to Alto. Um, felt so different from going back to Monument Valley is that you know there's there's something uniquely satisfying just on a tactile or physical level about playing um, Alto even if I'm you know particularly at the beginning of Alto's Odyssey is until it introduces some of its new mechanics by adding some new items it is essentially identical to the original game but it's uh, it it doesn't have that feeling of retread um, because I mean. Alto is about repeating that action again and again. You know, it, playing another run of Alto is just what you do in Alto. But when it comes to puzzle games, I, there's very little in the world that I find more frustrating than having to redo a puzzle that I've already solved. And sure, Monument Valley is, you know, it, it's, it, the sequel is a, an entirely new set of levels and an entirely new set of puzzles. But if it isn't introducing those new concepts immediately, then it can feel like you're, you know, redoing puzzles or types of puzzles that you kind of already mastered and already kind of put in your rear view when you finished Monument Valley 1. Yeah, I think I love the atmosphere. The sound design is great. It's still got all the elements. I mean, the visuals are a little bit um, wider ranging in this mm. version. But again, not till you get a little further in. You're still getting a... It feels... It's funny, all I wanted from some games is more of the same, and I think from Monument Valley, I wanted the continued growth of the first one, and it just felt like they were 
pacing it out much lower than I would have liked. And it made me give up on the game for, you know, I played the first two levels day one and I stopped because I thought, great, they've given me more levels. There's no urgency. And, and this is a hard problem to solve because, I mean, I did just complain about basically the opposite of this with Framed, right? Like with Framed, I felt like it didn't take those two steps back before it like ramps you back in. Uh, it was picking up so very much where the previous game left off that I kind of felt stuck very early on. Um, but Monument Valley kind of gave me the opposite. Fe- it's such a I, I, I don't know how it really like intelligently I can I don't have a solution to this problem. This is just it's a this is sort of this this how do you do a sequel that invites new players in while also being a satisfying uh, experience for your returning players is that's a really hard problem to solve. I don't necessarily know how to solve it. Um, but these two games took slightly different approaches and I don't know, neither one 100% worked for me. Um, Framed, I think, worked a little better for me. But none, neither of them worked as wonderfully as, as Odyssey did. Oh my God. Alto's Odyssey is still like front screen on my on my phone and will be until I beat every one of its achievements. I think that I mean, I've also gotten thoroughly addicted to Alta's Odyssey. And to me, it's when I think about the games that I effectively beat on iOS that I'm never going to get a sequel to. um, They're a little embarrassing, but like Jetpack Joyride, I Mm. beat all the achievements multiple times. Like I I completely beat that game and ended the game. Like I even got like a stupidly high score on Fruit Ninja. Like I, I would play these games on the L because I had a really long commute and I had to have games that you could play uh, while you were standing up and commuting and have one hand. So I played so many of these, you know, and endless runner type games. And when they ended, you had nothing else to do. There's only so many jetpacks you can buy in jetpack. <laughs> <Joy Ride. laughs> like you're out of jetpacks at some point. And similarly with Alto's adventure at some point, um, you know, you'll open it up occasionally to try to beat a harder um, achievement, but you're going to run out of achievements. So really for an endless runner, you just need like new things to do in it. Cause I would never leave those worlds that I spent so much time in if there was more to do. Yeah. With Alto's adventure, it, it made me a little sad every time I'd open up the game and go to the goals screen. And it said, congratulations, you've completed all the goals. And like there was nothing left for me to do. I still wanted to play more, but I didn't have any more achievements to get. And um, it's it's a weird thing to reach that point with with a game, particularly for for this show. Like I don't play that sort of game like for achievements or whatever. You know, I don't usually I don't usually really do that. But Alto did. I don't know. Changed the way I thought about that sort of game. It really did like motivate me to get those achievements. Well, I feel like in Altos, they're not so much achievements as tasks yeah. to make it, it, it. They're little challenges to amuse you while you're trying to go further. Because just going further is not going to motivate you forever. Yeah, it, it was little little, little ways to make your run that doesn't hit your high score still feel like an accomplishment. Because you you did maybe hit one of those little goals. To me, it's it's an incentive to take stupid risks. Mm. That's what I love about the achievements in Altos. Is like, yeah, can I do a quadruple backflip off a grind without hitting my head? Let's find out. 
maybe eventually. I still haven't, you know, rock bounced to a wall jump twice in one run. I'm like, I can't even do that intentionally once. Come on, yeah. Game. That's true. You know, if you're playing Alto really safely, like theoretically, it is endless. You could just do an entirely endless, incredibly play it safe run where you're very slowly building up score. And in theory, that would be uh, like a very successful way to play. But those those additional challenges make you constantly want to try new or slightly more difficult things and those do give you points it's a great way to to improve your high score if you can do a a run where you get all three of those in one run who that's that's a lot of extra points to add to whatever your massive total is from your long run but um it's a uh it's a great structure i'm glad they didn't change up the structure of the game too much and everything that they added felt like a totally natural fit into the existing kind of game design I love that game. And for posterity, uh, what is your score right now? Okay, so we should we should note that we are recording on uh, March 8th, 2018. And uh, my high score in Alter's Odyssey is 135,933. And mine is 205,515. Oh, you wound me, madam. Ah, no, that seriously. was actually scored right before I was like waiting for a group conference call to join. And I was like, please, please, no one call me. Like, <laughs> I was like, please don't start the call. <laughs> please don't start the call. Please don't start oh, the man. call. Uh, every time I've ever been interrupted. So wh- when I'm playing this game, I'll, I'll often get to a point where I'm like, oh, I'm on such a good run. And I know that now my, my only enemy is my own mind. Like, you know, I, I'm going to psych myself out and screw something up. And so that's when you get a Slack notification. <laughs> uh, there's, there's this element where I want to think, okay, I just need to pause the game, go get a drink of water, reset and come back. And it's like, I just started again right now I, I can do, but that that's a trap. At least it is for me because you immediately die. Every time I stop the game for any reason, then I'm out of my flow. I come back and I immediately wipe out it's the worst and you're right about slack notifications like i have to turn do not disturb on on my phone if i'm really getting serious about this because i'll get a notification and it does one of those little banners that comes down over the top half of Mm -hmm. the screen and most of the time that's okay but sometimes it comes down just at the wrong moment and you know you don't realize that you, you think you're right side up you're actually upside down and you come down and hit your head ah that's the worst um so yeah, tips there. Clear your schedule and turn on Do Not Disturb on your phone. And maybe don't play during work hours if you're, <laughs> if you're trying for a high score. No, definitely play during work hours. What do you think these games are for? Absolutely. Why else have endless runners? Yep. So thank you guys for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, we are probably uh, going to be taking a short break Uh, while Laura goes world traveling. Uh, So hopefully we'll get one episode in while you're traveling the world, Laura. Hopefully uh, more than one. I'm gone for five weeks. I know. You're you're (laughs) going for such a long trip. It's insane. Maybe you can can mail us back postcards telling us all the hot games you've discovered in Europe. Yeah, definitely. It'll be just me in Slovenia next to a human chessboard and be like, have we thought about covering chess? (laughs) Uh, we we may end up covering some weird stuff while you're gone. So please uh, stretch all the boundaries and come back and, and tell me about all the. I, I was going to actually mention like a game that actually exists, and I don't want to make fun of it. So mm. I, I was going to mention the like, watch you guys finally cover the. 
What's the dominatrix cruise ship one? Lady oh, Killer in a Vine. Lady Killer in a Vine. Yeah, that's the one <laughs> you that can't I cover definitely, that one without de- me. we definitely cannot cover that with a show of exclusively dudes. We're, this yeah. is going to have to be our, our time to cover like uh, safe bets and, and I don't know, uh, shooty man shooter games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, please do five weeks of shooty man shooter games because you know I have no interest in the shooties. Yes. So uh, hopefully, the listeners, term you won't mind. Uh, for first person shooters uh, are the shooties. Yes, indeed. That's why I don't cover shooties. Uh, well, uh, but I'm looking forward to hopefully covering some shooties while you're gone. Uh, we are. Uh, so, listeners, uh, we know that you, as well as as we, will be missing Laura while she's away on her honeymoon. But Laura, I hope you have a wonderful trip, and uh, send us all some photos. Maybe tweet them out from the short game account if you ever get an internet connection while you're in the darkest corners of Slovenia. It's very light there. Well, I am going to a cave though, so. <laughs> Well, don't tweet from the cave. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, I have been Reagan Kelly. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Laura, where can they find you? You can not find me on Twitter for the next five weeks at Laura J. Nash. Um, you can probably find me on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And uh, your sh- our show can be found on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find all of our past episodes, including a searchable show notes page. Uh, you'll also find a contact form there, which is a great way to let us know what games you think we ought to cover or what we might have missed. Uh, and, of course, you can go to iTunes, or I guess they're called Get Apple Podcasts these days, and leave us a review. That's a huge help to us. We really appreciate every uh, review that gets left there. We read every single one. We really appreciate it. So if you have a moment, uh, do that. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. <laughs>